Hey y'all, you're listening to the Faith Church Sermon Podcast. We are so excited that you're connecting with us today. It is our desire for you to grow as a result of the resources we provide here. We pray that this blesses you today as you seek to know Him more. Do you ever feel like you've missed out on things before? Like there are certain things that we don't even know, we don't realize we're missing out on, but there are things that we know exactly what we're missing out on. Like when you eat a burger without fries, like it just feels wrong, right? And did you, did you know that there are people in the world that exist that eat burgers without buns? Stop, okay? But listen, if it's a health thing, like, okay, eat the patty, just don't call it a burger, all right? And now there are other things that we don't realize that we're missing out on. Like, I recently discovered that Chick-fil-A has their own sauce. Did you know that? Game changer. Like, I already loved Chick-fil-A as it was, but now with the sauce, it brought it to a whole nother level. It's their pleasure. It's their pleasure. Now, it could be for like simple things too, like turning on the lights. Right? Like, yeah, sure, getting up off the couch and walking 10 steps to turn off the light works. It's always worked. But if you have a smart plug, you can turn off the lights with your voice from the comfort of your own couch while holding your hot cocoa and watching a Christmas movie while wrapped up in a blanket. It's amazing. Now that you have the smart plug, you realize what you've been missing. Do you know what FOMO is? You ever hear that? F-O-M-O. What does it stand for? Fear of missing out. They, they created this phrase in 2004 to describe a phenomenon that was happening on social media. So now they actually um, have some links of FOMO to mental health, but for most of us, FOMO is when we're scrolling through social media and we have this strong feeling that we're missing out on something. Like for example, you thought your friends were cool and then you went on social media and you scrolled and scrolled and you saw other people go on vacation with their friends. I don't have friends like that. Or, but you don't stop. You keep scrolling and then you see uh, someone from your high school showing off their home renovations that they did all on their own, hashtag DIY. You know what used to make you happy? That your basement is still dry from the last rainfall. <laughs> and now you have a bad case of FOMO. It's difficult to know what to do in each of these scenarios. Like when is being content the best thing to do? Or when is improving on something the best thing to do? Because, for example, you don't need the new titanium iPhone 15. Like, you can be content with the phone you have now, all right? But if you have friendships that are lacking in depth and they're shallow, then maybe you do need to improve on those and invest more time and and effort to, to making those friendships, those relationships more fruitful. And we can say the same thing about our, our spiritual life. When we dedicate, when we don't dedicate our life to Jesus, we miss out on a purpose that goes far beyond this life. And if we do have a relationship with Jesus, maybe it's at surface level. 
So yeah, maybe we should improve on that and, and walk with Jesus and get to know him more each day. So we're continuing our series on John chapter one, and it's been really neat to see who Jesus is. We're, we're zooming out and seeing who Jesus is before and after the manger. And we've seen that not only has Jesus always existed, not only is he outside of time and space, Jesus is God. And all of creation was created for him and through him. And he is the word that carried and continues to carry all of God's invisible thoughts. And Jesus is far greater than we could ever imagine. So it makes me wonder, are we missing out on anything when it comes to Jesus? Is it possible that in our minds, the Jesus that we are following is smaller than who he actually is? Is it possible that we are missing out on experiencing Jesus to the fullest? I believe the word of God has answers to these questions, so I'd love to show you. We're gonna jump into John chapter one, 15 through 17. If you have your Bibles, turn there, get your device out. I'd love for you to read these verses along with me. They're only three verses, but it would be very cool if you could read this with me. While you turn there, while you turn on your device, let's pray that God would speak to us through his word. Father God, your word is active right now. It continues to relate to us because these are your words. Your word can sometimes be difficult to understand. And when we do understand it, God, sometimes it's difficult to accept and apply. And this is why we need your spirit, God. So we ask that your spirit would help us to understand these words and help us to accept them and to apply them. Help us to be more aware of who you are so that even after this service, even after the live stream is over, your word would be active in each and every one of us. We trust you and we love you. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. All right, so we're gonna read the first three verses and then we're gonna go back and tackle them each one at a time. It says, John testified concerning him. He cried out saying, this is the one I spoke about when I said, he who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. Out of his fullness, we have all received grace in place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. In verse 15, John, the apostle John, he was the author of this book. He is referring to another John, John the Baptist. And what John the Baptist is saying, he is reiterating what we've been seeing this entire sermon series so far. He says, he who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. See, John the Baptist was born six months before Jesus was. So how in the world did Jesus come after John, but was at the same time before him? When you look at the original language he's using, you discover that John is saying, yes, Jesus arrived to earth after me, but he existed way before me. He's talking about the eternality of Jesus. Jesus never had a beginning. He has always existed. And it's very hard to wrap our minds around that because we live in a linear world. Everything has a beginning and an end, and Jesus doesn't. He doesn't. Think about when you read a book, let's say a novel. Uh, 
a novel has a beginning and an end, and you can open to the first page and you can start reading, and it's a great, great book, but like, you know what? Uh, all right, here, page 20, you could put a bookmark there, set it down, and you can walk away from the book, grab a cup of coffee, go out to a store, come back, and pick up the book again, and you can continue where you left off, and you can continue reading, but you're outside of this book, so you can go all the way to the end and spoil it. You can go back to the beginning. You can go into the middle because you are outside of this book. In the same way, Jesus is outside of everything we know, this book. He is outside of our individual lives and outside of time and space itself. And this is very important for us to understand because it'll help us to shape how we view Jesus. So verse 15 alone helps us to understand that Jesus stands alone. So before we answer whether or not we're missing out on Jesus, let's start here to figure out what Jesus is and is not. He is not just a teacher. Jesus is not just a prophet or a religious leader. When he was born in the manger, that wasn't the beginning of his life. He has always existed. We saw this in John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus is the real deal. No one can match him because everything that was created was created under time and space. So what is John the Baptist trying to say when he says that Jesus surpassed him? If you read other translations of this verse, you can see that he says, Jesus has a higher rank or ranks before me or ranks ahead of me. See, the Greek word surpass is a very interesting word because it is used to describe something being in front of or ahead of something else. But also, the same word is used to describe something that comes before something else. So again, in front of, but also behind. After, but also before. Let me explain it this way. Uh, Years ago, I was taking a walk around my neighborhood, just um, having a good time, and I saw this little girl. Maybe she was like eight years old, and she was walking her dog. But listen, her dog was like twice her size. It was massive. So she's holding on to this leash with both hands and she's like, the dog is controlling her. Like she has no control of this dog at all. I'm like, how in the world is she gonna walk around with this dog? But behind her was her dad. And he had a much longer leash. And although he was walking behind her, he was 10 steps ahead of her because he knew full well that she was not able to control the dog on her own. We often think we have full control of our lives and we give in to the lie that that the world throws at us, that we can accomplish anything we want as long as we put our minds to it and try really hard. The world tells us that we can be our own God and and have full control of our lives, but in reality, we're in great need of someone who surpasses all of us. We are in great need of someone who can handle the dog that we are trying to control, someone who can handle our pain and our struggles and our sins, someone who who is much stronger and more powerful and more capable, and the only person who fits that description is Jesus Christ. Without Jesus, it is impossible to accomplish anything. So John said, he who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. So he is directing people's attention away from himself and towards Jesus. He's saying Jesus is the best choice because he's the only choice. 
He's saying, hey, this is the one I was talking to you about. Remember, our search is over. The Messiah is here. Our Savior is here. This is the one the prophets of God spoke about. We can stop our shopping around. Choose Jesus. He outranks and surpasses all of us. Not only does he understand your sin, he can handle it. Not only does he know your thoughts, he can renew your mind. Not only does he know your heart, he can transform it. Jesus is the one behind you controlling the dog that you're trying to control. I often hear people say, Jesus, take the wheel. Did you ever use that? I read a phrase recently online that says, Jesus, take the car payments. I got the wheel. <laughs> we, without Jesus, we wouldn't have a car to drive. Like Jesus makes everything possible. Jesus, he's the one who enables us to do anything because he's the only one who is outside of everything. Now, if that wasn't enough to convince you that Jesus is the best choice, let's keep reading. Let's keep going. Verse 16 through 17, out of his fullness, we have all received grace in place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Out of his fullness, we have all received grace. We'll talk more about grace a little later. So let's talk about out of his fullness. What does that mean? I think it helps if we read what the apostle Paul wrote in Colossians chapter two, nine and 10. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. And in Christ, you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. So not only is Jesus outside of time and space, and not only has he always existed, but also the majesty, the greatness, the grandeur of God resides in Christ. Everything we receive from Jesus comes from this level of authority and power. Everything he has to offer it's complete and perfect. And this is why whenever we try to find fulfillment in anything else other than Jesus, it comes up short and we end up missing out. Everything is incomplete without Jesus. You may have your dream job right now, but if Jesus is not in it, you're missing out. You're married with kids, that's wonderful, but being a family man and woman on its own is missing something. You might think you need more financial stability and you might be right, but if financial stability is all you're seeking after, then you're missing out on something. If you're seeing a counselor, I am so glad, but help from a counselor on its own is missing something. You go to church every Sunday, you went to Christian school, you give to church, those are all amazing things, but if that's all we have to point to, then we're missing out on something. Actually, we've been missing out on someone and his name is Jesus Christ. Everything is incomplete without Jesus. So up to this point, we've seen some great theology, some great truths about who Jesus is. He is the best choice because he's the only choice and everything is incomplete without Jesus. So now that we've established that, let's go back to my earlier questions. Are we missing out on something when it comes to Jesus? Is it possible that in our minds we're following a Jesus that is smaller than who he actually is? Is it possible that we are missing out on experiencing Jesus to the fullest? Well, what does John say in verse 16? He says, out of his fullness, 
We have all received grace in place of grace already given. Well, there's our answer. The grace that comes from the fullness of God has already been received by us. Not only have we already received it, we have experienced his grace that is followed by more grace that is followed by more grace. But you might be thinking, Tim, that sounds wonderful, but what in the world is grace? Okay, well, let's stop there. The Greek word for grace is very simple. It just means kindness or gift. It's a gift of God. Now, if, you, if you've had a bad experience with, with receiving gifts, maybe you're tuning me out right now. Just, just stick with me. Because maybe you're thinking like, Tim, I've received really bad gifts like cologne and deodorant and underwear. I got the hint. Or maybe you received a gift that was clearly re-gifted because uh, it's not something that you would want. Like it was very clear. But here's, I, I, I truly am convicted of this. I really think the reason we have bad experiences of receiving and giving gifts is because we're all broke. And I can he- almost hear the judgment in this room and through the online right now. Because I, I know some of you might be thinking, well, Tim, compared to people in other countries, we're, we're rich. There are people who would dream of having what we have. And listen, I get it. I understand. And I agree. But hear me out. Let's say Uncle Steve comes to your Christmas gathering and he gives each and every one of you, your family, your friend that you invited, each and every one of you a, a, the keys to a 2024 Lamborghini. Okay, now we don't think that Uncle Steve is a bad gift giver, right? Compared to what you're giving, you're poor, Uncle Steve is rich. Okay, like this year, okay, we all like Uncle Steve now. Last year, he made us feel a little uneasy, but we've learned to accept Uncle Steve now. Because even if you don't like Lambos, you'll love receiving one as a gift. Here's the bad news. We're all broke. But here's the good news. Jesus isn't broke. When he gives us his kindness, his gifts, his grace, he gives from the fullness of his deity. He gives from his supreme power and authority. He gives from all the resources that you could ever imagine. Jesus is the goat of gift giving. And the good news is if you're following Jesus, it means you have already received that gift. Verses 12 and 13 says, yet to all who did receive him, To those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent nor of human decision or husband's will, but born of God. We receive his grace in so many different ways, don't we? So I want to name a few. The grace of Jesus covers our future. When Jesus enters our lives, we can breathe and rest assured that we don't have to continually perform to keep our salvation. Our eternal life is secure. The greatest evangelist, D.L. Moody, once said, you may read in the paper one day that D.L. Moody is dead, but don't you believe it. Yes, our bodies will die someday. We can't escape that. But if you've been adopted into the family of God, your soul is on. That's the grace of Jesus. The grace of Jesus covers our past. When we look back at our lives, we can see all the valleys and the peaks. And when you were in the valleys, it felt so lonely and dark, didn't it? It was lonely and maybe you were even afraid. Today, you can look back and see the hand of God through it all. The way he protected you and the way he brought you to himself and the people he placed 
in your path and, and the circumstances that he used to take you out of darkness, that's the grace of God. You can look back and see it in your marriage when you and your spouse were going through a difficult season. You can look back and see God's grace in your parenting. Today you realize that even with all the mistakes that we make, we can continue to experience the grace of God. You can look back and see God's grace in your trauma. Some of you have been abused physically and emotionally or sexually. You've been abandoned. You've been cheated on. You're here today because of the grace of God that took you through that. The grace of God has taken us through so much, hasn't it? But also the grace of Jesus covers every present moment. Let me try something. Everyone take a deep breath in. Now breathe out. One more time, breathe in and breathe out. You just experienced the grace of Jesus. The fact that you woke up today, that was the grace of Jesus. If you have people in your life that love and care for you just as you are, that's the grace of Jesus. If you were able to eat every day and have a roof over your head, even with a leaky basement, that's the grace of Jesus. Whether life is good for you or not, you can experience the grace of Jesus. So when you're going through a difficult time in your life, Maybe you're going through one right now and you feel like you have no more hope and God seems so far off. I challenge you, go outside, maybe even on a cold day, go outside, breathe in and breathe out. And when you see your breath in the air, be reminded of the grace of Jesus in your life. So verse 17, this is so good. It says, for the law was given through Moses Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. So what does the law of Moses have to do with receiving grace? Because when we take a first look at this verse, it seems like John is knocking down the law, like the law is a negative thing. But if we know God, we'll know that God gives good gifts. And so the law is a good gift. So how can we... How can we figure this out? I, I want to invite the worship team up here because maybe the best way to illustrate this is to show you something rather than just to tell you something. So as they get ready, let's read verse 17 again. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. So when we read the law in the Old Testament, we can see that it does include God's grace, right? Because someone would come to the altar and they would sacrifice an animal to pay for their sins. And that in itself was a display of God's grace. So even with the great leader Moses, even with the perfect law of God, something was missing. Something was missing. Are we ready? We're good? Okay, we're gonna try something. All right, can I hear some drums? That's a, that's a good beat. That's a good beat. You can bob your head to it. Do you know what beat he's playing? What, what song he's playing? Do you know? We can try to guess. Maybe you can help me out. Um, I know. It's fun to stay at the YMCA. No? No, probably too slow for that one. Or maybe you can help me out. Even you online, okay? Maybe it's, I know. Sweet Caroline. 
Oh, you guys sound good. Some of you can join the worship team, I'm saying. Okay, I, I don't know what song he's playing. I think we need the whole band to play. Oh, you know the song. Come on. Jingle bell, jingle bell. Oh, you guys are good, all right? All right, so now when you hear the, the guitar and you hear the keys and you hear the bass, then, oh, what he was playing now makes sense. It makes sense. Okay, let's try that again, but this time with the bass. Okay, so when you read the Old Testament, the law of God was kind of like this bass line. It was foundational. The law is like a mirror that shows our sin and our need for a savior, but the law in itself could never save anybody. And the people of God would hear the prophets talk about this Messiah, the savior who would come and rescue them for all time. But even though the prophets spoke the truth, they couldn't grasp it. It was difficult for them to understand and make sense of the law because the law on its own, the baseline on its own was missing something until the band starts up. Oh, and then, when God became flesh, when Jesus was born, then the world was able to experience the fullness of his song. And the worship team is playing in Christ alone. And just like now, we can hear the, the whole band, we, we understand, we, we can hear, the law finally makes sense. And Pastor Joe reminded us last week, God moved into your neighborhood. His name is Jesus. So maybe you, you had religion and now you have Jesus. And once you have Jesus, you never want to go back to religion. Once you hear the full song, you will never be the same. Once you hear the full song, you never want to go back to just the bass or just the drums. So I don't think John is trying to knock down the law that was given through Moses. I think he's just saying something was missing and that something was someone and his name is Jesus. Jesus is the best choice because he's the only choice. Everything is incomplete without Jesus. And Jesus makes everything better. Everything. So are we missing out? Because we already have all of Jesus. And if you're following him, you've already received his abundant grace. But if there's something in your life right now that doesn't include Jesus, then I would say, yes, you're missing out. Because your marriage could be really good right now. But if Jesus is not in it, then you're missing out. Our church is a wonderful church. But if Jesus is not in it, then we're missing out. Your career could be booming and things could be going very well for you. But if all your decisions are not centered around Jesus, then you're missing out. Jesus makes everything better. Include Jesus in your good times, in your bad times. Jesus will take something that is bad and make it good and something that is good and make it better. Okay, Tim, how, how, do, I, how do I do that? How do I tap into this grace? How do I make sure I'm not missing out? Here are just two things for us to remember today. There's enough grace there's enough of God's grace to go around. It never runs out. Like when we start to put limits on what God can do, we miss out. 
And sometimes we'll do this with our prayers. We'll begin to pray for someone and we think, I don't know, this person, God's not really gonna do anything. This person can't change. The grace of God can reach anyone. God's grace is enough for us. It's enough to save anyone. It's enough to help our depression and anxiety. It's enough to solve our relationship problems. God's grace is enough in the moments we don't know how we'll pay our bills or what job we're gonna have. God's grace is enough when you're at home with your kids and you don't know how you get enough energy and patience. God's grace is enough. So when you pray, don't lose hope, church. Continue praying for your family. Continue praying for your friends. Continue praying for your enemies. And here's the second thing, don't get in the way of God's grace. We're so good at being our own enemies, right? What things are you telling yourself about yourself? Are you condemning yourself? When, when something good happens in your life, are you telling yourself that you're not worthy of it or maybe you're just waiting for the other shoe to drop? Like, stop with that. Like, let the grace of Jesus work in and through you. He became a baby and lived a perfect life and died a brutal death so that you, so that we could experience his grace. It's a free gift. Your past, your present, and your future are covered. Don't allow the enemy to tell you otherwise. So I'll ask you again, are you missing out? Is it possible that in our mind, the Jesus that we're following is smaller than who he actually is? Is it possible that you're missing out on the grace of Jesus that's already yours? And if you think you are, then maybe today we can change that. If you've never taken a step to follow Jesus, maybe today you can receive the free gift of salvation. Ask him to forgive your sins and ask him to make you into a new creation. Maybe you're caught up in your past and you can't live with what you did or what was done to you. Right now, you can ask God to start the healing process right where you are, whether in this room, whether online. Talk to God in your own words. Let's close your eyes right now and just speak to him. Asking him, God, I don't want to miss out on your grace. Ask him to reveal himself to you in every area of your life. thank you that you understand our pain and our struggles and our joys. You lived here on earth for 33 years and you know what it's like to be tempted. You know what it's like to be abandoned and betrayed, but you also know what it's like to laugh and have joy. So help us to remember that you are the best choice because you're the only choice. Help us to remember that everything it's incomplete without you. And help us to remember that you make everything better. So God, we're tired of just hearing the drum. We're tired of just hearing the bass. We want to experience the fullness of your song. We want to hear your full song ring true in our lives. So Lord, today we're gonna step aside. We're gonna get out of your way. And we ask that you begin the healing process. Lord, we ask that you save those who need salvation. Lord, we pray that you would set free those who are captivated by sin. 
Lord God, do only what you can do. Reveal your grace to us for your glory. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen.